0: Thank you. Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, I'm Jack Murley and each and every week myself and co-host professional rugby player Charlie Beckett cast our eye across everything happening in the world of wrestling on a show that's by fans for fans. Coming up this week, WWE Survivor Series is in the books, quality matches, no real stakes and a lot of talk about Vince McMahon's missing golden eggs and yes... That is a real sentence in 2021. We pick the bones out of WWE's latest Big Four offering, what we loved, what we didn't, and everything in between. AEW has set the stage for some fascinating feuds going forward, including the CM Punk MJF angle that Charlie predicted last week. We'll talk about that. Is Brian Danielson going heel? Some more AEW, WWE fantasy booking. A new topic for next week, plus something's earning the push, and something's going back to developmental. All that and so much more coming up right now on the show.
1: Let's get cracking with the egg.
0: (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Okay, well, look, so here's my thinking. I cannot defend what they are doing there from a wrestling fandom point of view. I just can't. Vince McMahon is back on TV for the first time since they had fans back, I think, where he had that brief appearance He's there with an egg. If you don't watch Netflix, you haven't got a clue what that egg is about. Is that his first interaction with Roman Reigns since Roman has been heel tribal chief Roman? I think it might be. I think it's the first time we've seen them on screen together, isn't it? Yeah. The first time they're on the screen together and Vince is going all Mr Burns from The Simpsons about this egg he's got. And I'm trying to work out what's going on. And what I think is... AEW seems at the moment to be predominantly driven by the need to please fans and appeal to fans to get the fans buying tickets, merchandise, all that type of thing. And while that's important to WWE, it would seem that what's more important is the corporate tie-ups, the sponsorship. And if that means doing a weird catch-the-pigeon style chasing an egg around a building for 48 hours, that's what they'll do. And if there's it's, zombies in the Thunderdome, that's yeah. what they'll do.
1: I was about to say, it seems like there's no limit to what WWE will do pr- to promote the films of their former superstars. Yeah. Because, uh, especially with Netflix, Zombies was Army of the dead for Batista. One of their big four pay-per-views, they've based around a Fabergé egg for The Rock. Like, it's just... It, it was bonkers. And then to have no payoff... Like, I love a whodunit storyline. I thought, oh, are we going to get a few weeks of a It here? Because actually as silly as it is, around an egg, a bit of long-term storytelling that's continuous and has a payoff,
0: I can get behind that, whatever it is. Hold on, hold on. Seriously? They have titles, we... they have title shots, they've got grudge feuds, and your expectations are so low that you've said, I can get behind that, even if it is about an egg.
1: If we'd done four to six weeks of Who Done It with some good stuff around it, I could have got behind it. What I can't get behind is, because here we go, let's get into the crux of it, Jack Murley, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has just sent you an $100 million egg, and he's gone, here you go, Jack, that's for you. First of all, are you just sitting there with it on your desk? No, it's $100 million. You get a bit of security, at least. Secondly, when it gets stolen, are you then handing it, the responsibility to find it, to Adam Pearce and Sonia Deville? No, you're probably calling the police. Thirdly, when you find who stole it, Okay, you find out who took it. Are you, A, reporting to the police, or B, going, oh, you remind me of me when I'm younger, I like a bit of that. Here's a WWE title shot.
0: What? It's just, I mean, you've done a good job there of trying to make sense of it, but Charlie, it's an egg. It's an egg. We, we, we're both grown men, and we love our wrestling, and we're sitting here, and, and I'm wondering, well, who's that for? Because, because we the thought rock. it might. Well, we thought it the might. Netflix. Well, exactly. It's not for the fans. It's not for wrestling fans. We thought, and we did push our recording back. We usually record on Tuesday mornings after Raw. And I said, "How, how hilarious, by the way, that we pushed our <laughs> recording back for this." I said to Charlie, "With all these rock teases, with Vince bringing Raw and SmackDown together on one show." Then it absolutely must be teeing up for something big. And surely that's a rock. And then you go, oh, it's Austin Theory getting a title shot. I mean, we've been made to look like mugs. We have. And did you see um
1: Lance Storm tweeted about how he thinks he could have very easily made it, made it not so? Where he's like, get a pre-recorded video for The Rock. Is that and then people know that is the rock's. He's apologizing for not being there. People know that's the rock's appearance, because the whole time there was 24 hours, everyone was waiting for the rock to turn up. We were all we were all waiting for the can-you-smell to come across the tannoy, and it obviously never did because he wasn't coming. But when you build something round something like that, the anticipation is so great. Like, imagine if CM Punk hadn't come out on um, on that rampage. If that sort of thing is that you build it up that much, you tease it that much, you then can't deliver, and everyone sours on something It wasn't a bad show.
0: No, it, it, it wasn't, but it is... It is really hard to defend from our point of view. I'm sure for a publicly traded company, which has a duty to make the most money it can from its shareholders, that is a dead easy decision for WWE to defend. They will have got a significant amount of money you would think to do that. They'll have been paid well for whatever it was with the Pizza Hut things in the Battle Royal, and they'll have been paid well for the zombies at the Thunderdome. But every time you see as a fan backstage segments being put into an egg, and not some of the other stuff. I mean, how good were some of the Becky Lynch post-match promos that we weren't seeing?
1: Her one on BT Sport WWE's Twitter with Ariel Hawane, whose name I might have butchered there, sorry if I have. No, you will find um, that. Is outstanding. And I text you in the week about that. I said, this is either, this rivalry is either very, very real, it's very personal, or this is some very, very good acting and good working. I, I just think, I do think it's real. I think they really, really have fallen out hard here and do not like each other because the emotion coming across from Becky Lynch in that interview is incredible.
0: And they're still persisting with Becky as a heel. Let's talk about the good. I mean, I'm a 33 year old man and there's only so much time I can spend talking about Vince McMahon and his chase for a gold egg. Actually, wasn't a bad show of wrestling. Wasn't nope. bad at all. Really enjoyed the opener, much like Full Gear. I thought it peaked with the opener.
1: Well, there was reports from the day that that was going to be main event, wasn't there? So when I woke up and put it on and saw that was opening, I was very shocked. But yeah, I, I thought it was very good. I think that was probably match the night. I think there was the intrigue there, wasn't it? Because there was, there was the question of, is something going to go wrong here? Is someone going to go off script? I didn't love the ending, if I'm honest, with Becky using the ropes. I thought, I know she's a heel, I know she's wrestling heel, but... I thought that quality probably deserved a clean ending. There's also a don't tell me you're going to carry on with this. They're on separate shows, and actually, probably for the good of everyone, need a little bit of time apart. Those two mm. right now. What I would love is for them to both not be champs come Rumble, and you get a face off at the Rumble of those two. I love moments like that where you go back to previous storytelling with the um, in the Rumble. So we'll see. But no, I thought it was match the night. I do. I always enjoy the Survivor Series matches. I like the stories you can tell them and. You only get them at Survivor Series five on five elimination matches, so I enjoy them. The the battle royal I could have done without. It didn't it really didn't do anything for me. And then Big E and Roman I really enjoyed. It was just two very big men being very physical and very good in the ring together.
0: And a and, clean win for Roman.
1: Yeah, and I think we we probably knew it was always gonna happen, but it's one of those where no one loses. Big E doesn't look any weaker for losing to Roman. Like when he gets up from those three Superman punches, basically no sells them. Brilliant. You're building credible champions on both brands. And I text you on Saturday morning, I think, uh, just to go back, back a sec of, the Big E Roma story is brilliant. My favourite bit was that on Saturday, uh, Friday night on SmackDown, I was lambasting WWE earlier in the week, um, a few weeks ago, sorry, about how when Survivor rolls around, all common sense goes, everyone's just loyal to their brand. And when Xavier Woods, who's on SmackDown, brings out Big E, who's on Raw, to beat up Roman Reigns and the Usos, who are on SmackDown, I was praising the Lord. Because that makes sense. Of course he'd do that. Of course he would. Him and Big E go way back. They are way more important friends than the fact that they're on different brands now. They're not going to hate each other. They're not going to be in a rivalry. So when he brings him out, uh, everyone's like, oh, Xavier's being disloyal to SmackDown. No, he's just siding with his mate, because of course he is. So that that was, that. for as much as the egg stuff was nonsense, finally something around Survivor Series made sense on that point, and I enjoyed that a lot.
0: I also enjoyed, and we don't talk about him enough, Pat McAfee on commentary I thought was excellent in just trying to add that sportsman-like feel about why it matters, about bragging rights, about future opportunities. Frankly, if we'd had six or seven weeks of him doing that, mm. the card would be in a better place. Um, was this actually crown jewel and by that i mean we were talking going into crown jewel good matches probably won't matter in the grand scheme of things it'll be what it'll be and the crowd will have a good time this sort of feels like if you didn't see survivor series apart from the opening match i wouldn't say there was anything you desperately had to go back and see
1: no it's not we won't be talking about survivor series 2021 in 10 years time will we there's nothing we'll really remember it was a very good pay-per-view it was an enjoyable few hours to watch it but there's not there was no moments was there was nothing like um 2016 with brock goldberg for example like there's no moments that you're going to be like you need to go back and watch that i don't think it'll be a very viewed one on the network for years to come but it wasn't and but not every pay-per-view can be and it was it was and we've had some bad pay-per-views over the past years it definitely doesn't come in that category and it probably will be remembered as the egg pay-per-view
0: yeah, it, it, no doubt about it. That's what it's going to be. Um, lots of folks getting in touch. Scott says, um, talking about on social media, the egg placement, uh, AW is streets ahead. It's not even a contest. Uh, you're not wrong regarding the product placement. The Pizza Hut thing was a bit too much to swallow. Product placement has its place, but... It's probably aimed at a completely different audience to AEW now. Both companies know who they're trying to appeal to. Ross says, fascinating to see the difference in presentation styles between AEW, Full Gear, and WWE Survivor Series. WWE goes big, bright, bold, colorful, and cartoonish. AEW goes more gritty. Something for everyone, I suppose. And we are getting choice now. If you don't like Survivor Series, well, you've just had Full Gear the weekend before, which may be more up your street.
1: Yeah, and that that's where I think I saw you chatting with Scott on um, on social media. This, that's what we haven't had before. And now you're probably gonna get less people falling out of wrestling as a whole because there is choice. Whereas in the past, WWE would all oh, they'd be testing us right now, whether we would carry on watching wrestling. Now they're testing whether you watch WWE because if if hard hitting maybe more realistic or it's more your style, you got AEW there because NXT is going more to a WWE style, so they're pushing everyone into the same boat there. So AEW probably will pick up more of the hardcore fans, uh, while WWE will still keep on picking up the casuals, because that's that's what they do.
0: We'll talk AEW in a moment. We've got our fantasy booking coming up a bit later, some cracking suggestions as well. Um, are we any clearer to who's coming out of the Rumble with a bit of steam behind them. Now, I know Rumble is a little way away, but sometimes you come out of Survivor Series and you think, all right, here's who WWE is maybe looking at for, for WrestleMania. Um, with Brock lurking in the background for Roman, it, it, it's quite hard to know who the, who the next guys and gals coming through will be.
1: Yeah, I've got no idea, man. I think the only one at the moment who I can see being pushed a bit is Liv Morgan on Raw. Yeah. I thought Monday night with Becky, she was brilliant, actually. There was real good back and forth promo. Becky was at some of her best. That line where she says, um, you'll never touch this about the belt. And Liv said, well, I did last week. And Becca just said, I let kids touch this at photo shoots. It doesn't mean they're the champ. I was like, oh, this is good. Whether that's going to carry on through to the Rumble, you don't know. You can get a two or three week push into WWE, can't you? Just a one pay-per-view and that's it. So I really don't know, actually. It's, it's not clear at all. Yeah, I actually have no idea on that one.
0: Which isn't always a bad thing, to be surprised, but often you would remember when you and I were growing up, you'd know the guy and it Mm. wasn't the gal at that point because of how WWE was treating uh, women's wrestling, but you'd know a little while back. Um, I, I think WWE will struggle keeping Becky Lynch heel. I know they're furiously trying, but when you've got that kind of wit and charisma and you're so different to everyone else, you're going to struggle to keep her heel. Speaking of heel, AW had a major reset after full gear on dynamite, coming from Virginia. A celebration for Hangman Adam Page. What are you doing?
1: Well, I'm I'm on the I'm on the booking committee. I'm not AW. Ah, now. right,
0: okay. That's what yes. I'm
1: just be like. Yes, I know we did, Jack. I was part of the meeting.
0: So last week, uh, we had a couple of things that Charlie was saying, and one of them was, what's next for MJF? And Charlie said, well, at some point, MJF and CM Punk have to cross paths. Little did we know, it would be on the day day before we published. We recorded on the Tuesday, on Wednesday on Dynamite. There is MJF confronting CM Punk. Oh, I liked that segment.
1: It was very good, wasn't it? And not much was said, but not much needed to be said, because, yeah, just brilliant oh they'll they'll have a good match but it will fail it will it will fade into the background compared to what their promo is going to be like they those two in the ring with a microphone each could just be box office couldn't it
0: but what really intrigued me was the patience i mean as you say what's going to draw people it's going to be the jacking back and forth on the mic when they're in the ring together, what did they say? One word. MJF extends his hand and says, Maxwell. Maxwell. And and you'll remember this because of the Undertaker fan you are, and folks listening will as well. You remember that promo before WrestleMania 27, where it's Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, and Triple H, and... This I can't remember exactly, but basically they say, what makes you think you can do what I can? And then Shawn Michaels is doubting Triple H. Triple H turns around, sees Shawn Michaels doubting him, turns around to The Undertaker, and The Undertaker laughs in Triple H's face, tips the cap and goes. CM Punk laughed in MJF's face there. And I, oh, it was, it was goosebumps. I loved it.
1: Yeah, it was brilliant. And like I said, they could have, I'm sure the two of them could have gone to war on the mic there and then. But why, why give that away in the first week? Because whether, whether you give that away then or not, we're still going to talk about it. We're talking about how much we're excited for that. So, yeah, it, it's just perfect from AW, isn't it? It took them five minutes of a segment to get us so excited for the next four, six, eight weeks of promos before they have their match. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was brilliantly, brilliantly done.
0: And I think what we're going to see is a storyline where MJF chases CM Punk. For CM Punk to acknowledge they're at the same level, because everyone else is saying, but that's such a powerful motivator to be acknowledged by someone who you believe you're at the level of and when they're laughing you off, that's, that's a really intriguing story. It,
1: it was like, and obviously it's a shame what happened to this man in his personal life that it means we can't really talk about it anymore. When in NXT, Velveteen Dream chased Alistair Black just to say his name. All he wanted was to say his name and acknowledge him. That was brilliant storytelling. And then he finally got it after the match and he said, Enjoy your infamy, Velveteen Dream. But just, just something as simple as just acknowledge me, acknowledge that I'm here. It's such a powerful storyteller, such a powerful motivating driver, like you said, that actually, yeah, that's brilliant. So that's what it is. It's just MGF chasing point like, I'm as good as you, I'm on your level, and Punk being like, kid, you're nowhere near. There's your storytelling.
0: Yeah, and and for MJF that will mean as much, I would think, as a title feud, and I think that's going to be great. We also saw, and Mystic Beckett didn't predict this, frankly, who of us did? And I don't know whether this was one night in Virginia or whether this is something going forward, Heal, Brian Danielson, come out absolutely take it to the fans in Virginia, try and get under Adam Page's skin saying, well, I'm excited to wrestle you, but I'll be honest. I'd rather have had Kenny and you sort of choke every now and then. and oh, I'm not going to fight you. And I had no, it didn't even cross my mind. They try and do it, but I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's so clever. I, I think it's brilliant. It's a bit of a masterstroke because yes, we're obviously getting Page versus Brian Danielson. Now how, how do you make that anything but a, yay, quite quite a vanilla feud and the fact that it's just two really nice guys having a bit of a wrestle for the title that that that's not selling that many tickets, is it? It, it is because it's Adam Page and Brian Danielson, but that's not intriguing. Whereas we've seen he's he's a brilliant heel when he wants to be. We've seen it that he can do it, and actually, yeah, take the fans to task, take Page to task, go for, like be a bit arrogant because yet yeah, you are Brian Danielson, you've done it all, and you wanted Kenny so. I love it, and then actually, you then get sort of like when Kofi got cheered against at WrestleMania. People will get behind Adam Page because actually, no, no, no. Don't tell the fans that they shouldn't like Adam Page because the AEW fans love themselves some Adam Page. So don't. So actually, you get at you might get Danielson booed here. Whereas if you have just the Brian Danielson we've seen so far and Adam Page that we know, it's just everyone cheer for everyone. It's kind of happy, happy, lovely match. Whereas now you've got a bit of. There's a bit of edge to it, a bit of animosity, a bit of of taste to it.
0: Love wrestling? Well, of course you do if you're listening to this show. And if you do love what we do here on Earning the Push, do us a bit of a favour. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen each week. If you think we've earned it, leave us five stars. And show a bit of love on social media to help spread the word and keep this podcast growing. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, it all helps. And why not get involved with the show? Let us know what you love in the world of wrestling, what you just can't stand. You can tweet us both, charlie underscore Beckett and jack underscore Murley. And now, back to the show. Let's move on to some fantasy booking. Uh, This is the final week of AEW versus WWE. Uh, Charlie and I have some to go through from ourselves, but would you like some more listener ones coming in?
1: Yes, let's go listeners first.
0: Okay, listeners first. Um, Josh is short and sweet, but I think this is fantastic. Um, I don't care about the other four matches, they can be anything. However, I do want an intergender match between Jungle Boy and Becky Lynch, purely for a battle of the entrance themes with two crowds loudly singing the best ooh-related songs in wrestling today. I mean, that's the quality of listeners we've got, Charlie. Yes. Just incredible, just incredible. I'm
1: doing it all for the songs. It's basically a karaoke event is what he's going for.
0: And Matt says, give me any of the following matches and I'll be happy. The Usos versus the Lucha Bros, because what tag match will bang better than that one? Sting versus The Undertaker, because I like the tease so much on last week's show from Ryan. I now need to see the real thing. You can make it cinematic if you want and use it to give us some other great confrontations we never got. Maybe Shawn Michaels turns up in the cinematic and we get a sting HBK showdown. Becky Lynch versus Britt Baker. Because could you imagine the match and the promos? Tony Khan versus Vince McMahon. Because why not? Uh, and Adam Page, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks and MJF versus Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, RK Bro and Seth Rollins, because you've got everything in that match. Iconic face-offs, potential moments, big callbacks and turncoats galore. That is from Matt. Um, what would you main event with there? Khan McMahon or the... Khan,
1: the- Khan McMahon in a street fight. It's got to be a street fight. Khan McMahon in a street fight is what I want to see now.
0: I, I, I don't know how that would go. I, I mean, I still would never bet against Vinnie Mac. I still no, think he's never, pretty much never. your favourite in any fight.
1: He'll use the Fabergé egg <laughs> to the head to win. <laughs>
0: Good Lord. Um, right, do you want to do yours and then I'll do mine?
1: I think you're going to be surprised at how um, small I've gone on mine. I haven't gone bonkers at all. Okay. Four of my five matches are one-on-ones. Really? So first of all, I have to put a caveat of, I've gone on, I've gone very story-based, I've tried to, so I've got no women's match, not because I don't think you could have some brilliant women's matches with the two rosters, just because the, you'll see when I go, there isn't the story to fall back on with any of the women in AW versus the women in WWE, really, so I've cr- I'm trying to call back to when people have been in the same company in the past quite a bit. Okay. That's why there's no women matches, but Becky Lynch versus Britt Baker would be the one I want to see, that's just been mentioned, I think that would be incredible. I've just said all that, but I'm opening up with a bit of a match that I just want to see with no storyline. I want to see the Super Click versus the New Day as my opener. I just want them to go absolutely bonkers. You can make it a ladder match if you want, but I don't think you need it. I just want a really good three-on-three tag match there. Um, Elimination uh, or not? No, just straight tag. Straight straight tag,
0: tag. yep. yep.
1: And then going to MJF versus John Cena.
0: Okay, much like Ryan last week.
1: Yes, because I'd just like to see MJF just tear him apart on the mic, just just completely do away with John Cena. They're their promos I want to see. i want to see what Mr. Freeman would say to Mr. Cena. Number three, Christian Cage versus Edge. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> because there's just all the storyline the world to fall back on, there isn't there. Mm. Everything. So I want to see that as my third match. Number four. CM Punk versus Triple H,
0: <laughs>
1: because <laughs> how, how can you think you not,
0: that Becky and Charlotte have heat?
1: How can you not do that? And also, side note on Triple H: Did you see Stephen McMahon's interview this week where she said he's recovering really well from his he obviously that carjack event? And is so that's brilliant news.
0: Yeah, and I realise you
1: you probably couldn't have this match now because of that. I imagine he, he but if you could, I want to see that. Yep, and then I made a main eventing just with probably arguably the two best. Wrestler superstars of the world today. I want to see Roman Reigns versus Kenny Omega. Interesting. I want, to, I want to see those two go at it. And I know it would have worked better two weeks ago when Kenny was still champion. in my in my little fantasy world, probably Kenny's still the champion. AEW champion. I just want
0: to see the two of them go go to war on it. So we've got no traditional ten man Survivor Series tags on your card.
1: Nope. I've just gone. I've gone AEW vs WWE. Just some straight up matches.
0: What's really interesting is that had things gone another way, you could probably be seeing some of those matches in WWE because yeah. the Bucks were offered a contract with NXT and didn't take it CM Punk. You could conceivably see a situation where if AW hadn't come up, maybe he would have gone back and MJF, if there was no AW and was a free agent, you better believe he'd have ended up in WWE. So a number of those matches we could have got. Mm.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's probably, you know what, in a weird way, a good thing that they didn't all go WWE because I think you wouldn't get the same characters that they are in AW and no. WWE. They wouldn't be allowed to be because they'd have the WWE style put on them. Mm-hmm. And while that works brilliantly for some people, like we, we dress down WWE quite often. Actually, they've made some of the best characters in the history of wrestling. Like they do, when they get it right, they are brilliant. But we're seeing a different style of character, a different style of being allowed, how you're allowed to be now in AEW i see that there is another way of doing
0: it. Yeah, and actually, on that note, before I do mine, we should say there have been a number of other releases from WWE since we were last on. I think we just have to have a standard statement, really, which is that uh, it's very sad when it happens. We wish everyone coming out of it the best, and we hope they find work and continue to do what they love. But some surprising names there, probably John Morrison, uh, top amongst them. You'd have to believe someone could utilise him. Uh, right, do you want mine? Yes, please. We're starting and again, I, well, I was going to say I've been restrained and I'm looking at this. I don't think I have been restrained. We're starting with MJF versus The Miz because I was
1: this close. I was this close. That was the one I was going to go for except for Cena. But I wanted a little bit more star power, which is unfair on The Miz. But yes, because the oh, yes, I was that close to that one
0: because we know that Miz can actually be a really underrated babyface when he wants to be, and no one's going to make Miz shine more as a babyface than MJF. Uh, Clones of each other, in a way, great workers. So that's my opener. My second match is an eight-man, two-teams-on-either-side TLC match. Now, let me explain that. You've got an AEW side, which is the Lucha Bros and FTR, and on the WWE side... You've got the Usos and Gargano and Champa, yes. So you've got four men on either side, two teams. They're gonna have a TLC match. They will fall off through anything. I mean, Gargano and Champa get them back together. The idea of an AEW rivalry, throwing them together. Yes, I'm doing that. So that's what yeah,
1: I'm doing. it was um the anniversary this week, wasn't it, of um the revival as they were versus DIY. Yeah. Uh, I saw them all tweet. Oh, it's one of my favorite matches ever. So get those four back in the ring together. Yes. Yes. So yes. We'll... Yes. I, just just yes. I was just going to keep just on yes. saying yes. Just... I was just going to keep on saying yes, really.
0: Okay. Got very when Harry met Sally there. Um we're also do- <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to have. I mean, I think this is the women's match people want to see because I've said last woman standing, Becky Lynch versus Britt Baker. Give me that feel of that street fight that Britt and Thunder Rosa had, or Becky bloodied up. That's gonna be yes, chef's kiss, marvelous. Uh, then we're going to our Team AEW versus Team WWE uh, Survivor Series match because we we are going to do this. And it's going to be Cody, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks and Chris Jericho versus John Cena, Drew McIntyre, RK Bro and Seth Rollins. And what I've tried to do there is take the literal people who probably more than anyone else are responsible for AEW Against the people who more than anything else sum up WWE. And I had to throw Matt Riddle in there, sure, because he's with Randy Orton. And I couldn't think yeah. what else I'm going to put in there. And then my main event, simple champ versus champ, Roman Reigns versus Adam Page, babyface versus heel, two top champions on either side. They are going to be squaring off in the main event. It's a
1: really, really good card. It's all right. I've watched that, watch that pay per view. What would I put in a spot here? What would you call it? The oh, I was just going to
0: call it Survivor Series. Have you got a name for yours? No,
1: but I feel like I wanna. I felt. I felt like your inventive brains. You have a drink of his tea while he tries to think of something. I can see the clock, the cogs turning. All
0: I can think of is countdown, but then <laughs> that would not work at all. Best um, thing, countdown. Uh, through the forbidden door. No, that sounds like a children's TV show. I don't know. I haven't got anything Oop. going on. Sorry, I put
1: you on the spot there. That was. That's quite all right.
0: Cruel. Um, actually, speaking of putting on the spot, do you have any ideas for next week? If you don't, I do.
1: Let's go with yours then.
0: OK, so I think and this is something we did on Twitter not long ago and he got a great response. I think for the next couple of weeks, we should celebrate wrestling moments you can watch over and over again. Not wrestling matches, but moments, promos, confrontations, video packages, anything related to wrestling. That isn't the one, two, three. It's got to be a moment because we all have. Moments where you'll go on YouTube and you will just go through video after video of wrestling moments. I think we should celebrate some of those.
1: Vince McMahon getting out of a limo with a Fabergé egg and then having to remind everyone to clap. That was no. brilliant, by the way. He got out, held the egg up. No, didn't. It? They went, "Come on, come on." They went, "Hey!" Oh, just brilliant.
0: No, nothing. And I can. I'm worried now because I can see you going native on this, and I can see you actually going. The more I think about it, the more I like this egg story, and I can't. I can't have you doing it. Well, we'll see, won't we? Okay, let's send something back to developmental. Let's give something the push, first or second for you this week. I'll go first this week. Go on then, what have we got? Um, part to developmental,
1: very easy for me, is the fact that when I play this weekend, I will have to wear a scrum cap because I almost ripped my ear off last week and mm. I trained in one yesterday and it was just the worst. The scrum caps are great, people like wearing them. If anyone doesn't know, they're in rugby. Uh, it's not like NFL where you have to wear a hat, helmet. People care if they won't wear like, soft padded uh, headgear. And I don't wear them because I get too hot. I can't hear. And they itch and they're annoying. I'm going to have to this weekend and I'm really not looking forward to it. And I just sent you a picture of how ridiculous I look in one.
0: Can we just say how you are spending the autumn of 2021 trying to emulate Mick Foley in every way you can? We had it two weeks ago your tooth being driven through your lip. We've now mm-hmm. had you almost losing an ear. I mean, what is next as Charlie tries to imitate the hardcore legend?
1: If I get thrown off a cell during a match, something's gone wrong. I'm not sure how that will have happened, so I don't know. No, I don't really know what's happening this month. It's been a, it's been a tough one for my face. Um, that's about developmental. Okay, and then earn the push is I was quite harsh on some bad customer service i had a few weeks ago oh god it's three it's I've week some, three no, i've had some brilliant customer service this week so i want to give a big shout out and i'm allowed to say who it is because i'm being nice aren't i this week you are yep the the customer service team at healthspan were outstanding this week so i take a lot of um so supplements so i take from healthspan i take i make, I make three fish oils just as natural anti-inflammatories help me bones and joints and stuff probiotics, and I take vitamin D supplements. Yep. So I take some of them every day, and I have them on, uh, rather than go out and get them, I have from HealthSpan, I have a subscription. They get put in the post every time. They know when I'm going to finish. I put in how many I take a day, they come in the post. So they just arrive at my door about two days before I'm about to run out. I suddenly realised this week, I'm about to run out and I haven't had my next lot of Omega-3s. I was like, ah, that's very annoying. I had to go to a shop. The Kenny's. the Kennys. rang them, and honestly, they couldn't have been more helpful. They were like, oh, Mr. Beckett, we're so sorry about that. Something must have happened. Uh, we will send them first class in the post, a replacement and no charge. And honestly, I was on the phone for about three minutes and it was all sorted. So, as much as I was harsh on bad customer service recently, I want to give a shout out to some really, really good customer service I had this week.
0: Excellent. Well, I think that's well worth doing, and uh I agree with that. So that can definitely get a push. Um, earning the push for me, the Cornish language. The Cornish language. Uh, I, yesterday, as we record, went out to meet some people from my other job, and they were a Cornish language conversation group, and they were fantastic, and they get together and they talk about things in Cornwall's native tongue, and it is a language that is pretty much died out, but now is being revived, and I think it's great.
1: Have you got any Cornish for me?
0: Mutan And what does that mean? Good morning. Nice. Da uh, good afternoon. Oh, uh, it's Dith- very, it's Dith-Dar very as well. Dithdar's Cornish. It's very Dothraki like
1: from um, Game of Thrones <laughs> when you say it there, and that's a very niche one for anyone. Are you saying like...
0: that the native language of my home country is like what was it, Gothraki?
1: Gothraki, the Dothraki. horse lords, the horse warriors from Game of Thrones.
0: Is another one um, pasty. Is Cornish
1: uh, right okay? I think I know what that means. I know that a bit
0: too well actually. If you ask me, with see. a Y is the English way, pasty with an I is the Cornish way. So everyone so, knows a bit of Cornish. When, um, when did it stop? When did the people of Cornwall start
1: speaking English more than Cornish?
0: Ah, uh, probably the 1800s is when it was really sort of dying. Of That's death. not
1: that long ago though, is it?
0: No, there were pockets down in the far west of Cornwall who, who, who spoke it up till then. Um, and it's all it's Corn- our road signs are in Cornish as well underneath.
1: Cornwall fascinates me. It's like its own little country at the bottom of England. I think it's brilliant.
0: It, it, well, and this language, they were fantastic. They're really, really nice. So the Cornish language is getting a push. Um, back to developmental. I'm going to explain this one, OK? Because, oh, it gets my goat. Two lanes of traffic. There it's we go. Been- right.
1: I'm already on board because right. oh, if this is bad drivers, i mean.
0: Well, I think it's bad. And someone has told me that it's not bad and I'm stupid. Two sets of traffic uh, lanes going this way. And one of them is clearly stationary because there's been an incident up in front. And the outside lane has people shoot all the way down the outside lane, even though they know there's an accident up in front and then stop and then indicate to try mm. to come in.
1: It's just, it's selfish and it's rude. It's bad
0: etiquette. Right, isn't it? Because I was speaking to someone the other day and they said to me, that's common sense. If I can go in the outside lane and come all the way down the outside lane, why wouldn't I do that? And then I'll indicate and you'll let me in. And I'm saying, no, it's etiquette. We're all stopped clearly for a reason. You should stop as well. And that's where I think there are heroes who are the lorry drivers who will sit and straddle (laughs) both lanes. Oh, oh, yes. I had
1: one the other week where... Oh, I, I agree, but I had one the other week where I absolutely disagree because it, that exact scenario was happening but and the lorry drivers, and, well, it wasn't even lorries, it was some car drivers were just straddling. But what they didn't realise was 100 metres ahead before the incident, there was a left turn off that I wanted to take. So um, I wasn't going up to go in, I was going to go left. That's all I was doing. I was, I was exiting and I had to sit for 10 minutes to scroll 100 metres to get to an exit that if someone hadn't been straddling i couldn't just gone straight to. so i don't i don't love the straddling as much because that's an interesting quote uh, because i had, because i had a very bad i had a very bad straddling experience recently did you uh, yes yes but that aside i'm with you on this yeah i am with you
0: okay i i think then we will put that back to developmental with the caveats that oh, <laughs> Only straddle if you're sure you know why you're doing it, and you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, right, so next week is going to be uh, not so much fantasy booking, but some uh, favourite wrestling moments that aren't matches. Uh, as we come together next week, Charlie, do we think that this Brian Danielson heel turn was a full heel turn or just one night in Virginia? And would you like to see him fully heal?
1: I think it is a full heel turn, and I'm very ready for it. Yeah, I didn't. It's one of those I didn't know I wanted it, but now you've given me a little bit of it. I want it all.
0: I want it all yep well we shall see as always thank you so much for joining us more and more of you each and every week rate review subscribe wherever you get your podcast from tell a mate who loves wrestling to join us and listen to our ramblings each and every week Here's charlie underscore beckett on social media i am jack underscore murley and we'll see you next week on earning the push when we'll do it all again but until then bye bye <laughs>